You are listening to Back to School, a sermon series by Pastor Bay Allen. Please turn with me right now to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28, and also uh, chapter 2, 16 to 17, as we invite the Word of God to prepare our hearts this morning to receive what God has for us to receive. We read this. God spoke. Let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature. So they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself. And every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them. Prosper. Reproduce. Fill the earth. Take charge. Be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. God commanded the man, you can eat from any tree in the garden, except from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat from it. The moment you eat from that tree, you're dead. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now this Bible verse is pretty familiar to us. Um, because we just finished off a Creative God series, right? Where we spent a lot of time in Genesis at the dawn of creation and seeing how God was at work. So this verse does not really uh, seem all that different than what we've been spending time in. But here we are at the beginning of a brand new series called Back to School. It is very applicable, and let me tell you why. In the course of this series, we're going to be spending some time with reading, with writing, with arithmetic, just like you'd expect when you go back to school. But there's something else, one little detail that we need to cover before any of that. Because before you ever get into any of the subject matter in school, there are the class rules, right? There's class rules. There's a certain set of rules that are already there. You know, without rules, a teacher couldn't teach. Children couldn't really learn. Uh, Playgrounds wouldn't exist. Without rules, the foundation of the entire growth process as a culture, as we know it, would kind of be in jeopardy. Now, in the Old Testament, there are many times where God sets up some class rules, if you will. In the Old Testament, they're usually called covenants. Anyone ever hear of the word covenant? Okay, a few of you. Covenants, um, that's, that's kind of what we're looking at today, class rules. Many will fast forward to Noah. Like last week, some of you who are here or listened on the podcast, you may remember that we spoke about Noah and the covenant that God made with Noah. Never again will I destroy all of creation. A sign I place, uh, I put my rainbow in the sky. I will never destroy the earth that way again. Okay, that was a covenant that God made with Noah. And we also spent some time last week looking at the covenant of care. That is the first covenant that we actually saw in today's scripture, the covenant of care. The first covenant outlines how we, in relationship with God, are to care for all of creation. And as we read on, we see throughout the Old Testament, God is a covenant maker, a covenant keeper, and a covenant equipper. But before we get into any of those other covenantal aspects of God, I want to ask you, how do you define covenant? How do you define it? You don't even have to put your arm up. You can just shout it out. Promise. Agreement. A cry. That's the cutest covenant. Commitment. 
Okay, so we have a few understandings of what a covenant uh, may be, and I'm going to tell you you're all right, even the crying. All of those are right. Um, a covenant is all of those. In the Bible, a covenant at its most basic is God establishing a relationship with humankind. That's what a covenant breaks down to in the Bible. For a relationship to thrive, um, there must be some class rules, so to speak. So God lays them out. Covenant, that is the class rule of our relationship with God. Now, something you need to understand about a covenant is that it takes at least two. Okay, it looks kind of weird when you say, I'm having a hamburger because I covenanted with myself that I would do so. No, you don't make a covenant so much with yourself, it's with someone else. Okay, so it needs at least two to take place, to covenant. To be covenantal is to be relational at its core. Not solo, not silo, but relational. A covenant is designed to outline uh, boundaries and expectations. Okay, some of you, you're like, this is a heavy topic. Well, this is before class starts. We've got to lay these rules, okay? Boundaries and expectations. In school, it is an expectation that you will be on time, right? Otherwise, no coffee. I'm just joking. But you will be on time. It is an expectation that you will try and be on your best behavior so that everyone has an equal opportunity of learning. You will respect your teacher. You will not cause a scene or a ruckus. Ooh. You will do your best to complete the tasks that are given to you as your work. Now, in college, you have to pay your tuition on time. Uh, you have to make sure that you got the money to put in your gas car. I mean, if you don't have transportation, that's on you. You know, there's all kinds of different little things when you're going to college. Sometimes you have to work together outside of class on group projects, you know. These are all expectations. And then there are boundaries. For instance, you can add your own creative flair to the assignments that you do. You're given a boundary. You're given an assignment. And what you do within that assignment, you have freedom. You can put your own creative flair on it. You can dress however you choose within boundaries. You know, make sure you put your hands down, ladies. Make sure that you got the fingertip length. All that kind of stuff. No spaghetti straps. Looking your best doesn't mean someone has to try their best not to look at you, right? There are boundaries in place for the way that you dress, but you can work within those boundaries. If you happen to miss class, perhaps you're sick, you know, then you have a certain amount of time to make up the work. There are some boundaries. You can bring an apple for your teacher as long as they're not allergic. You can, uh, you know, never ask your teacher out on a date. These are just some boundary stuff, okay? Now, in a covenant, there are both boundaries and expectations. It, it almost feels like we're forgetting something. Uh, consequences. We're forgetting consequences. We have boundaries, we have expectations, and then we have consequences. And sometimes they're good, actually. You, you tend to think negatively of consequences. Sometimes you have a good consequence. You know, I studied really hard for my test. My consequence, I got an A+. Plus, 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 plus. Right? So there's good consequences, and then there's also some bad ones sometimes. Uh, in a covenant, there are often consequences. In school, for instance, if you get caught shooting spitballs at poor little Tommy, guess what? <laughs> You're off to the principal's office. You might get a detention. There's a consequence for shooting Tommy with spitballs. Just don't do it. There are consequences for going outside of the boundaries, for not meeting the expectations. If you refuse to do your homework just because you didn't like the topic, 
Guess what? You'll get an incomplete. You'll get marked off for not completing that homework. And eventually, if you don't start meeting expectations and living within the boundaries, you're most likely not going to pass. You're most likely not going to pass. There are consequences that generally accompany a covenant. And at the end of the day, at the end of our scripture today, we see one. We see this. As soon as you eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. I'd call that a consequence. I don't know about you. I thought I just wouldn't have recess, but that is a consequence. We know the story. Adam and Eve. They do indeed eat from the tree of good and evil. Now, a lot of people give the, the snake a bad time. Go ahead and switch to that pretty, pretty chalkboard picture of that snake right there. A lot of people give that snake a bad time. And perhaps we should, you know, point our fingers, bad snake, naughty snake, evil snake. But the snake, as bad as the serpent was, kept its word. Really. It kept its word. And I say that because the snake said, you will know the difference between good and evil. Once you eat, you will be like God. Well, once they ate, the snake kept its word. The thing is, let's just, let's just observe the scene before we start pointing all these fingers everywhere. Observe the scene. What do you think the original creation was like? That's just a little snippet of a snake on a tree in the Garden of Eden. If you could picture Eden, if you were Adam and Eve, or one of the two, it's weird to be both, who would you be and how would you see your surroundings? Go ahead. You don't have to raise your hand. What would it look like? Beautiful. I had that same answer at the last service I preached in. Colorful. Lush. Paradise. What was that? Amen. Anything else? So paradise, we're seeing lush, we're seeing beautiful, we're seeing colorful, we're seeing all of these things. And I bet you you're all pretty much right for that. I think Adam and Eve, though, when we break it down, they weren't really different than our children. And you may say, what do you mean by that? Well, here's what I mean. I think Adam and Eve only knew what they knew. I think Adam and Eve only knew what they knew. And up until this point, they only knew God. They only knew love. They only knew goodness. The snake, evil. Can't argue that. But to Adam and Eve, they didn't even know what evil was yet. Or they may have known that it existed, but they had never actually encountered it to know the difference. They had no frame of reference. Adam and Eve had never experienced death. They didn't know what that consequence was all about. What is this? If death was like everything God has ever provided for us in our entire life, it couldn't be that bad. They had no frame of reference, even for the consequence. You have to remember, when we blame Adam and Eve, which this comes up in Christian circles all the time, it's like, oh, she ate the fruit, and so did he. And you go back and forth on pointing fingers, oh, it was that snake. And you say things like, how could they have been so stupid? Why would they choose to eat the forbidden fruit instead of live in paradise? Amen. We forget that we judge them based off of a life that has been full of boundaries, expectations, and consequences. 
We understand consequences, but they didn't. Don't get too judgmental of Adam and Eve. We were not intended to experience the consequences, people. That wasn't God's plan. Some some can argue that if if God didn't uh, design for us to experience consequences, then why were the consequences even there? Well, everything God had created was good. But we see Satan fell. Satan chose. Fallen angels followed Satan. They chose. They fell. Evil creeping around like a serpent. You know, even though we weren't designed to break our covenant with God, all we were designed for was to know good, to not eat of the true, uh, to the tree of good and evil, but to just feast on the good. That's how we were created. Yeah, God knew evil existed, but I believe that God hoped beyond hope that we would make the choice for covenant. That we would not enter into that consequence. We didn't understand the consequence. It's it's like talking quantum physics to a two-year-old. They've only known food, sleep, potty, hugs. That's all they've known. They don't know death. They don't know the severity of that consequence. We were not made to experience evil. That wasn't God's will for us. Boundaries, expectations, consequences. Again, I'm telling you this because we are going back to school, kids. We are going back to school. And before we get into any of the fun stuff, there's these ground level details that we need to cover. What I would like for us to do as a church, because we're all going back to school in one way or another. What I would like for us to do as a church is to covenant together for this school year. Here at our church, this school year, I want us to covenant together. Maybe it looks like this. Respect one another. Respect your teachers. Don't judge one another. Help one another. Hold one another accountable. Pray for one another. Love one another. Mentor the next generation. I think these are some pretty good class rules, if you ask me, for us as a church in this upcoming school year. But some of the basic class rules from going back to school apply too, don't they? Like show up on time. And I wasn't joking, the coffee will be cold if you wait. Seriously, just show up on time. Clean up after yourself. Don't write on my chalkboard. I'm just joking. Support the church financially. You know, that makes good learning for everybody if you have a a well-kept classroom do your homework you don't get a lot of it so when you get it do it you know do your homework show school spirit when you're out in community I think that's one that we as a church could learn a little bit better be willing to do group projects outside of school outside of class to get together to work outside of class 
These are all good things for us to covenant together with as we as we look at this up, upcoming school year. Um, in this last one, I got to tell you, it brings to mind like mission trips. But that's not always going to, to Haiti or, or wherever. Sometimes it's right down the road in Beaver Falls, like when we were doing ashes on the street for Ash Wednesday. There are opportunities that will arise where you can uh, impact your community for Christ. So. Be prayerful about that. It may be something that you uh, would like to get involved in. We have missional opportunities that are right here in our community that some of you may not even know about. Talk with talk with Pastor Donna about it. She's also, or she was, you're still the chair of the mission committee, or you were? She was, but anyway, she's she's got so much knowledge she can help you get plugged in. Any one of us would love to do that. Um, because we have stuff going on. We have our community dinners. Maybe you're saying, I can't really do all that much. It doesn't take much to ladle and smile. I mean, or to be able to just help someone with a tray. There's stuff that you can do. We have our community dinners. We have, um, that's at our missional site down at Faith on Jefferson Street. We also partner with different groups and organizations in the area. Like, for instance, the Phoenix Foundation uh, with our friends come to mind. Um, we have an after-school reading program that takes place in Rochester. If you want to go help some kids read, uh, Pastor Don is really heavily into that and spearheading that. But we can get you in touch with whoever you need to be in touch with to make that a reality for you. If you feel that that's something you would like to do. Um, right here in the Rochester School District, just something as simple as reading is doing missions. That's part of that fourth B, build God's community. We've got plenty going on right here. You don't have to go to Haiti to get involved. If you can't find what you're looking for, talk to us about maybe creating that opportunity. Maybe there's a new opportunity that we just don't have anyone to spearhead, and you're the passionate one who is just right for the job. Speak with us. Because this is about doing something together. We should covenant together. To be the church that God wants us to be. We have uh, quite a few new members here. And we actually have a new member class that's just starting to form again. Some of you have already shown interest in becoming a member in the next class. And we are, plans are underway to make that a reality. Um, I, I think every single one of us should try and find some way to go deeper in our faith throughout the week. Like become groups or something. When we met for Passion Team, I asked everyone around the room, what are you passionate about? What kind of group would have you come out? We had uh, like young couples, like what it means to be in an authentic Christian relationship, what it means to uh, go through apologetics or being able to defend our faith. There's so many topics that you are passionate about. And I pray that if we make some of these classes available, that either you would be willing to facilitate or that you would be willing to grow in that way. Because this is us. We're all in this together. It's not about me. It's about we. We're the church. God works through all of us coming together. We should get involved in some kind of become group, some kind of Bible study. If, if your time schedule isn't up for that, there's plenty of options even online where you can just grow. I pray that you grow. We should have uh, time together throughout the week that we can learn something together outside of class, outside of class. So let's covenant together. I think every one of us should read our Bibles, that we should give generously to our church financially. 
that we should also give generously of our giftedness and service. And that's why I think every one of us should find something we are truly passionate about in serving outside of these walls to get out into our community. But I'm just going to reiterate what was already brought forth during the opportunities. Next Sunday, we are having a spiritual discipline assessment test. Perhaps you just don't know where you fit in the puzzle of service in the church. You may think that it's, it's all work and no play, but it's a lot of play. It's a lot of fun. The thing that is a lot of fun is that when you actually have a spiritual gift assessment done and you know where your passions lie, you know what fuels you. So when you're working, doing what you love to do, it's going to fuel you. It's not going to drain you. That is the purpose of that test next week. I hope that you will come and take it. I say test just because of this. I don't want to make it scary. I'm saying it because it's back to school. So I said that test. But anyway, that pop quiz next week that I'm giving you prior advanced knowledge of, wink, wink, uh, free pizza and everything, be there. Find out more about who God designed you to be so that you can better serve the community that God placed you in. And now I ask you, what would you like to see added to our covenant? Anything. You don't have to put your hand up. What would you like to see added to the covenant? We went down a list of things that sounded good. What would you like to see on there? Anything? We already have Wi-Fi, so don't put that on there. Anything? Well, let's covenant together to grow in faith to grow in, in service, to grow in Christ together, just like it says on the front of your bulletin. Um, just as that bulletin says, or the banner that fell that was there said, grow in faith, service, grow in Christ. Let's covenant to do that together. Let's make that covenant. And let's not let it stop at words, but let's let it end in action. Okay? Because covenants, they're a pretty big deal. And I know today hasn't been the most glamorous topic. But we got to get some stuff straight before we get into fun stuff. There's some ground level rules that need to be covered. It's a pretty big deal. And there are so many people in our community today that do not live a covenantal life. They don't have any set of rules whatsoever. Let's not be them. Okay? Let's not be them. Let's covenant together. Boundaries, expectations, consequences. As I close, um, in our scripture, as we read further, we see something that's just incredible. This is our God. The covenant was broken. That nasty, slithery little snake. The covenant was broken. Adam should have died. Based off of the original covenant. Adam should have died. The covenant warranted that. But, but look what God does. God created it a covenant of care. And then a covenant of grace. So there's this new covenant that came out. Grace is a covenant that we have with God. Through God's or through Adam's mess up. We get to experience that grace too. Instead of paradise, here's plan B. You will work hard and get calloused hands, and you will smell like engine oil, and your knuckles will seize up and crack when it is winter. You know, all that hard work stuff. I just made it sound spooky. But we've all experienced that. You will experience pain in childbirth. We've not all experienced that. Mothers, we love you. We appreciate you. These are all part of that covenant. You see what God did? The covenant was broken, so God created a new covenant of grace. God created it a second chance. 
Obviously, Jesus Christ was with God, was God at the beginning. And here is the grace of Jesus Christ extended to all of humankind. Adam and Eve made themselves some garments and God said, not good enough here. I'm going to make some out of these animals. An animal died to cover the broken covenant. To eliminate their shame. God did that. God made that way. And that's part of the Old, Old Testament sense of covenant. It was blood. There was always blood attached to covenant. At, at the beginning, Adam and Eve, the blood was the animals that was shed to cover them, to cover their shame, to cover that broken covenant. And we see that goes on and on through the Old Testament. Those temple sacrifices, those animals that were to cover the broken covenant to enter into this covenant of grace. Jesus Christ brought the covenant of grace to reality in the New Testament. The Lord's Supper. This is the blood of my covenant, of the new covenant poured out for you. The blood of Jesus Christ covering over our broken covenant with God. I'm going to ask that the worship team come up at this time as I close. Jesus Christ covering our broken covenant with God. I say this because when we fall and when we mess up, we should not forget about the covenant of grace that we are living in, in Jesus Christ. This is our God, a God of grace, a God of second chances. Class rules are very important. The entire school year is hinged upon these rules so that everyone may enter, no matter what they look like, no matter how much money they make, everyone may enter, no matter their skin color, their accent, everyone can enter, no matter their family makeup. Class rules are relationship at its most basic, and they are available to everyone in the class. Everyone in the class. I'm going to leave you with this challenge. This is your homework. This week, if you get a chance, draft what you would like a covenant with your church to look like. Post it on social media. You know, make sure you tag us at, at the Faith on 68 page if you're doing it on Facebook or however you do that. But draft what you would like a covenant with your church to look like I will look at all these drafts. Pastor Donna will look at all these drafts. We will look at these. And what I want us to do is see if we can come up with a covenant together that embodies the heart of our people. Right here at Faith on 68. The covenant, it's for the people, by the people. <laughs> to use an old church term, liturgy means work of the people. Let's find our liturgy. Amen? Let's find our liturgy. We need to know how we are in relationship with one another almost as much as we need to know how we are in relationship with God. Because we're in this classroom together. Very last thing. Three letters. Joy. J-O-Y. Jesus. Others. You. How does this relationship work? There's a relationship there. Jesus, others, you. How does this relationship work? Let's covenant together to find out how that works. 
And this coming school year, let's make that our covenant. Over the next three weeks, we will look at reading, we will look at writing, we will look at arithmetic. And I hope that you will join us. I hope that you will come prepared to learn a little bit more about yourself. And a little more about who God made you to be. Would you pray with me? Dear God, we thank you for the fact of grace. We thank you for the way that grace exists. uh, The the covenant of grace that we have through Jesus Christ. We pray that you will will let us do our work. (laughs) That you will encourage us every step along the way to, to do the work that is before us. There'll be some writing. There'll be some reading. There'll be some arithmetic. But when it's all said and done, some of us don't look forward to school for doing all that as much as we are the friends that we get to see. Let us experience community like we have never experienced it before here at Faith on 68. That is our prayer. But you will just let us experience what it means to be a child of God in relationship with God. Who didn't want us to experience the consequences. But to revel in the good. This is our prayer. Let us covenant together. In the name of Jesus Christ our Lord.